This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And welcome to the show, everyone, this week. Uh, it's been rough. It has been rough, so we are starting right off with the beer that we... Actually, no, let me let me jump. <laughs> I'm, I'm missing the sponsors. That's no good. This weekend, uh, we've got um, UFC 261. Can't miss event. But hey, did you know you can play UFC uh, on DraftKings? Uh, if you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Pick six fighters, standard the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has more money up for grabs through the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, folks. Beer of the Week, Columbus Brewing Company Technicolor Hat. It's an India Pale Ale, Citrus India Pale Ale with natural flavors. So it's better than the unnatural or supernatural flavors. Those normally lead to bad times. Especially the supernatural. It's not good. Then you end up with demons with yellow eyes. and You're drinking demon blood and it's just awful. You want the natural flavors. Here we go. It's a good-looking beer. I'm excited for this. Ooh, wow, that smells amazing. When they say that citrus flavor, you can smell that in the beer. Ooh. Hmm. I'm, again, pale ales are something that I have a time with sometimes. I'm not always big on the hoppiness of it, but this is something. I like this. Mmm, that's good. That citrus flavor with the pale ale, that's something that really takes a pale ale up a notch is having that sweetness. If you don't like pale ales, but you're somewhere and they've got like... Because this happens when you go to a, a bar that sells a lot of craft brews. If you're not in the mood for a pale ale, it almost feels like there's nothing for you to get. Because uh, so many bars, they'll have like, there's a really near, near night, nice bar that I, I like to frequent. Haven't in a long time, sadly, but hopefully will very soon since I've gotten both shots and I'm I'm feeling a lot more, feeling like I won't be the one doing any spreading at that point and all that good stuff. But um, when you go to a bar, it seems like they have a wall of, of craft beers and they're all pale ales. Going for the sweet one tends to be a good option. Because if you don't like pale ales, that sweetness tends to cut through a little bit and kind of takes the edge off of all that hoppiness building up. So that's where we're at there. Uh, NHL, the standings for the Blue Jackets. Well, we are down to, we are one point up on the Detroit Red Wings, uh, seventh. I mean, at this point, the Blue Jackets... The season is done. With the season, as far as in terms of competitiveness, the season is done. Um, I mean, we're going to get more to the Dallas games and all that here in a few minutes, but I will say this first. They're hard games to watch right now because you see a lot of young guys out there. 
and and you want them to get a win and you see some of these guys actually playing pretty decent and looking like they're working hard and there's just nothing there's no reward there um that's tough that's really tough uh so that's what's making these games a little harder to watch because it's i'll tell you when i first started watching hockey one of the things i I was looking forward to because my number one sports team for years that I followed was the Cleveland Browns and that, Oh, that was fun folks. Now the Browns are a lot of fun, but then bad. Um, until the last like two, three years, the Browns have not been a great team to be a fan of, but I, I watched uh, when I started watching hockey games, part of it was I'm going to watch hockey. I like the blue Jacks. They're my local team. And you know what? I mean, I, I at this point I was watching Browns games. You know, you watch a Brown. You know the bat the Brown seasons. It wouldn't be a shock if they go a whole season and win two or three times. And I'm like, you know what? Even if the Blue Jackets are bad, they're going to get in an 82 game season. They're going to win. You know, 20, 30 times. I'm going to see some wins. Uh, but right now we're at that point where the team sold a bunch and we're just not even getting wins. I mean, last ten games, two seven and one. It's not great. The last win, and this is what's making this season kind of really hard to finish, is it's funny because people talked about in terms of, you know, oh, this team, you know, once they're out of it, they start winning games and then they mess up their draft pick and all that stuff. Um, I'm trying to get the the schedule up here. Um, But yeah, once, you know, once they, Oh, they start messing up their draft pick. But I don't think people realize how bad a season it is when you just go, when as bad as you've been all year, you just keep being bad. Uh, at this point, the last Blue Jackets win was Tuesday the 6th, and they beat Tampa 4-2. I mean, since then, it's been 6-4 to Tampa, and then 4-3 to Chicago, 4-3 again to Chicago, 4-1 to Dallas, 5-1 to Dallas. Next, Then Monday and Tuesday, we got two against Florida. And the next after that are Tampa. I mean, the end of the month we we get Detroit. Maybe that'll be something good. I don't think it will, uh, but it could. Um, then we go to then we Carolina, then Nashville, which Nashville may still be in the race. I mean, Nashville right now they've got that fourth spot. They're two points up on Chicago, or yeah, two points up on Chicago. Although Chicago's got a game in hand, so it's possible Chicago makes a run. Um, Dallas is only three points back of Nashville and they've got three games in hand. So, I mean, this is Dallas's for the taking if they want it. What I'm really hoping we see is I want Carolina to finish one and I want Florida two and three, Florida two, Tampa three, because I want to see that Florida series. That will be awesome. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, We're to the part of the season where we're flipping the standings upside down, folks. So looking at it, odds for the draft. We're just not even talking about playoff odds because we hit zero and we're done. Columbus right now, if the draft were held today and was just done purely in the order of where we're at, uh, they would be seventh in the draft order. Their odds at getting into the top two, uh, 13.3% chance at the top two in the draft lottery, a 6.5% chance for number one overall, which is pretty good. Um, So that's solid. And I mean, they're seventh because Seattle is going to be in the third spot. Uh, Seattle is locked in at being the third spot, so the third best odds for number one overall. And maybe they get it, maybe not. 
it's a weird season uh, with teams not being able to, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. The other interesting thing is going to be, if you look out West when it comes to the draft lottery anyway. So as of now, Arizona's in that fourth spot for the playoffs. Now, they have St. Louis is only one point behind them and has two games in hand. St. Louis has a better points percentage right now. So it's very it's possible that St. Louis leapfrogs Arizona. Here's what's going to be interesting when they when we come to the draft lottery stuff. Does Arizona because Arizona's forfeited their first round pick is it just I mean are they going to change the odds the odds for the draft lottery? Is it just going to be if Arizona's number comes up? Okay, they go to second, but then they lose the pick. I, I mean that that could be how they decide to do it. Um, wouldn't that be something if Arizona won the draft lottery this year and then had to forfeit? <laughs> now, now being the agent of chaos and awfulness, I am. I want Arizona to win the draft lottery and for Columbus to come in second. And then because Arizona has to vacate the pick, Columbus gets the number one overall pick, even though they got second in the draft lottery. <laughs> oh, that would be something else. All right, folks. Uh, something I'm going to do. There's some background we're going to hit on this. Uh, this is going to be a new part of the show we're going to hit on Sundays. Uh, we're going to do it once a week. So for those of you who are not aware of it, there's a group out there known as the Black Girl Hockey Club. And it was founded by a woman, Renee Hess. Um, while she was in Pittsburgh, she became a Penguins fan. We will not hold that against her too much. Uh, but the thing she ran into is she really started to like hockey and noticed there was not a strong support of the uh, Af- of African-Americans uh, community as far as seeing hockey games. So she started building up the Black Girl Hockey Club. It has come to be one of kind of the bigger forces for inclusion in the sport of hockey today. Um they're working some closer with some NHL teams. They've worked with the Kraken on things as far as trying to raise money. They they do some cool things with scholarships for, um, at this point, exactly what they are, the Black Girls uh, Hockey Club, where they would try and do scholarships for girls who have a hard time affording being able to get into the game because hockey is an expensive game to play. A few months back, they started something they called the Get Uncomfortable Campaign. And it's disrupting the status quo in hockey. Their little pledge, if you want to go to their website and take the pledge, which I would recommend you do, is, and it's very simple. I pledge to disrupt racism on and off the ice and make hockey welcoming for everyone. Now, some of you, some people may already be, you know, some people might already have a gut reaction to this. And I get that because here's the thing. Everything in our society has become about politics or about this or about that. And anytime you meant, there's a certain element out there of, Oh, why are you talking about race at all? If you're talking about race at all, then you're this and that and the other. And that's not what I'm doing here. I'm not trying to make this a thing. I'm not trying to make this a culture war thing. I'm trying to make this we want to be welcoming thing. I mean, that in my own personal experience, the thing I noticed so much. So I go to a lot of Blue Jacks games. A couple of years back when the Columbus Destroyers came back to Nationwide, I was stunned when I went to a Destroyers game. It's hard to say this without sounding flippant, but I'll just say it how I th- how it came into my head because it came into my head as a bit of a joke. I was like, "Oh, black people do know how to get here," because when you go to a Blue Jackets game and you're looking around that arena when the lights are up, you see a handful of people who aren't white. 
Not many. And, and again, I understand that there's this and that and the other, but I mean, Columbus is not a city that's 1% black people. So theoretically, if the population of Columbus is represented in the Blue Jackets crowd, it would look a bit different. When you went to the Destroyers game, there was a lot more people there that, that didn't all just, that weren't just all white people. And again, I'm not, if you're a white person who goes to the game, you're like, oh, he's saying I shouldn't. Get. No, don't, just don't be fussy about it, guys. We're just being honest about stuff here. So what I'm going to do every week, we are going to have a moment of trying to be a little uncomfortable on the show. It may not always be about race stuff. Um, it may be just in general. We want everybody to be welcome in hockey. And the moment I do this, I know I'm going to get people saying that I've given into the woke culture and this, that, and the other. Let me explain why I'm doing this. I am, and this is the part where everybody's about to get real uncomfortable. There's an old Jim Gaffigan joke that I love, which is, I really want everybody here to be comfortable. So I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do for a second, because I will always, something I've said about this show from day one, I do the show because I like to do the show. And this is, I, I'm going to be myself on it. And I want anybody else to be themselves. That's what we're doing. I am a Christian. I'm a Christian in the sense of, I believe there was a literal physical person of Jesus Christ who came onto this world, died and came back from the dead. Some people laugh at me for thinking that that's fine. It doesn't really bother me if you think I'm dumb Freud. That's whatever. This is the thing about that. It will, the time that Jesus Christ walked this earth, there is no one he didn't sit down and break bread with. That was the big thing. He'd go into a town. He'd do his preaching thing. Someone would say, come to my home and eat. And it didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter what their reputation was in the community. And especially the big thing was he was considered a traveling rabbi. So people thought he would try and go to the homes of holy people. He went to everybody's homes. He went to people who were uh, kind of downcast and, and to the side in society. And he would eat with everybody. Well, we don't really do that in our culture today. We don't just, at the end of a big busy day, if you're at, if I'm, if you're at a hockey game, you don't look at the people all down your row and say, hey, everybody, come to my house for dinner afterwards. We don't do that. That's just not how our culture works. But this podcast, this show, the people I interact with, the people who listen to me, this is the closest thing I have to a table where I want everybody to come and sit with me. So I want everybody to feel welcome at that table. And I will take the steps needed to, because guess what? I'm not... You, 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 just, you want everybody to be part of what's going on. This is hockey. This is not the place to have gatekeeping things to say, oh, well, I, you know, this, that, and the other. So we're, we're just, we're not playing those games here. I want people to feel welcome. I will do it to a fault if I have to. I will be someone who chooses that if I'm going to err in how I live my life, I will err on the side of compassion and on the side of making people feel loved and accepted. Does that mean I agree with every decision everyone's ever made? No, of course not. But it, what it does mean is I want everyone to feel loved. I want everyone to be uh, a part of what's going on. You can come to this show. You can listen to this show without fear of me making random weird jokes or I, you know, just this is about hockey. This is about us all being, being here and being together. So something that I'm going to do, this might get uncomfortable thing. And I, I do say this is me getting uncomfortable. This is me making little changes and people will, if you don't like it, it is what it is. But 
I'm having a hard time saying it because I'm actually trying to do the whole getting uncomfortable thing. And I'm going to do something that uh, in my upbringing and in my uh, background, I mean, I've told you all I was trained to be a pastor at a very conservative Christian school. Um, I'm going to do something that in a lot of parts of that community is not people don't accept, but I want to be welcoming to everyone who comes across the show. Something that has become uh, a thing on social media is putting pronouns in in uh, in in your Twitter bio or whatever. The idea being that someone who is transitioning puts them in there because they want to be called by the right pronouns because it has to do with them wanting you know their identity being recognized for who they say they are. There's an idea in being an ally to say, you know what, I'm going to do that too because I want to normalize this so you don't feel like you're the other. And that's what I want to be. In, in my life, the last thing I want to do is make anyone feel like they're the other. So uh, shortly after the show, I'm going to be going in, making that change. So if you go to the shoot once, if you go to shoot once, that was the name of the show for years. You go to the Jackets Debrief Twitter account. I'll put my pronouns in there because that's what I want. And th these are little steps. And I get for some people, they're like, oh, big deal for you. But th that is what it is. This is this is my steps in starting to get uncomfortable with things. And that's what I want to do. And there's going to be little things here and there. And maybe sometimes we'll talk to people and we'll do some different things. But I want this to be part of the show because I want everyone to feel welcome and part of this and that they can be who they are there. And, and that's it. I mean, at this point in the last... 10 minutes the discussion has gone from me talking about <laughs> my faith in in Jesus to we're also putting in pronouns. So I guess what? Everybody's covered at this point. If you're an atheist, you can come too. I said, that's fine. I, I want you to come and be part of, a, part of what we're doing. There's nobody who's not welcome to be part of what's happening in all of this. And I want that to echo throughout the hockey community. That's what I want. And so that's what we're doing here, folks. All right, we're going to have a friend from our uh, word from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network, who I am sure uh, may just always be thrilled that I'm talking about all these topics through, a, through this. <laughs> oh, uh, it's good. It's a good time. They're good dudes, so I don't think they'll be upset. I'm, maybe the DraftKings folks, I don't like it as much, but uh, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. If we make the money, they won't care. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck Podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. All right, welcome back to the show here, folks. Um, all right, so the Blue Jackets' last few games, they've been hard to watch. Um, I mean, where we're at at this point, 
here's the thing. So I, I don't want to lump these games too much in together because they've lost one game 4-1. They lost one game 5-1. The 4-1 game, and I interacted with some people on Twitter about this, wasn't actually that bad. The 4-1 game, they actually, at 5-on-5, five five, when you when you adjust for score and venue, as you should, um, they barely out they barely had a higher expected goals for percentage than the uh, stars. You know, the stars outshot them, so the stars had a higher shot share in those metrics. But the Blue Jackets expected goals for were not bad. Um, they were at, at 50.72%. So, I mean, essentially the game was kind of a kind of a, a coin flip statistically. And then, obviously, the, you know, the actual stats come in, or the actual goals actually count, which, you know, you kind of need in hockey. Um, and that's what it just, it's one of those nights where when you see those types of things, you know, you really weren't outplayed all over the place, but you just didn't, you didn't get what you needed. Um, didn't get the, the bounces the way you needed to and, and all of that. So it's, it's a rough go there. Uh, I'm trying to pull up from the four, uh, one game where our numbers were for the Blue Jackets that night as far as on individual players. Yeah, so when you look at uh, individual players in that game, uh, the Blue I mean, as far as their expected goals for percentage, uh, Josh Dunn was incredible, 89.68%. Roslovic was incredible, 84.84%. Stefan Mateo, 76.6%. Um, looking at some of those young forwards we care about. Texier, not great. Um, 19.42 percent I I, I there's 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 some it, that that game was very much a some guys had a great game other guys not so much then the 5-1 game there's nothing good there um the big problem with that game is when you look at a lot of times when you watch these games even when the Blue Jackets are outplayed, you'll notice a lot like for one period, when you look at the advanced stats, maybe for one period their Corsi 4 was competitive or their expected goals for they carried the, the play. In the 5-1 loss, well, let me take a step back here. In the, as an example, in the 4-1 loss, the Blue Jackets actually had a higher expected goals for in the first period, 71%. Then in the second period, it dropped down to 32. And then in the third period, it was up to about 51.4. So about even. First period went to the Jackets. Second period went to the Stars. And then the third period was kind of a kind of an evenish game in that way. So that, that tells you, okay, they were competitive. They tried hard. They, there was good work there. In this game, the 5-1 loss, in the first period, the Jackets were at 46.18% of the expected goals for. Okay, that's, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, as long as you bounce back and have some good following periods, you'll be all right. In the second period, it was 19.6%, and in the third period, 29.06%. So it was 31% of the expected goals for in the Blue Jackets' favor. It was horrid. When you look at the shot map from that game, and, it, and you could tell when you were watching the game, the Stars were all over the Blue Jackets' goal. The Blue Jackets were just doing what they could, were doing almost nothing to get in, to get in front of the goal. It was bad. They were just awful. It was it was a bad game, and it's the kind of game. It's the kind of game that if we weren't already in the mindset of this is a lost season, just develop guys. It's the kind of game that might get a coach fired because it was just kind of a 
what are we doing, guys? What are we doing here? Can we play the rest of the game on a running clock? This is just, just not good. Not something we want. So, and getting to that point, so John Tortorella was talking with the media before that last game. Uh, the the 5-1 debacle. And something that he talked about was that uh, he said Yarmo wanted to see uh, Mika Leitinen with Seth Jones. Uh, and that's why they played together on a pair. And, and it's interesting to me that we are to that point of just putting uh, that that we're to the point of the the GM is 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 that far and and Yarmo said that was going to happen. He's or, or Tort said, you know, I'm talking with Yarmo uh, about the lineup card every day, and it makes sense when the goal of the season is development for the GM to kind of have a voice in that. But to me, it's kind of one more just sense of yeah, we're we're done here. These guys. I think both, I think Torts is maintaining being professional throughout it. I've seen there's been stories out about how he wants to get fired or whatever. And that, I mean, it's been a while since we saw those rumors. I think that's happening. I think he wants to be professional. I think he kind of, I think him and Yarmo might kind of already know, yeah, this, we're not renewing the contract. You know, this is running out the, the, the end of it. But this is, you know, Torts just given an honest, you know, his, his work for the organization until he's done. Um, so he's following what Yarmo wants because Yarmo is the one's going to be here trying to clean it up and, and make it work. So um, the Canon, uh, what was it? SB nation, uh, their blue jackets blog put up a piece and it was kind of questioning because there was a Aaron Portsline put up a piece on the athletic uh, Elvis Mers Lincoln's Jonas Kripsalo, who should the blue jackets want or who should the blue jackets keep long-term. And he put a line in there that's really strange. Um, and I think most people are, are kind of still trying to figure it out here. And the line was, slowly, Elvis has been welcomed into the dressing room, but the Blue Jackets seem a touch uneasy, uneasy about what, and in quotes, Elvis Unleashed might look like. Because it might look like if he becomes the clear cut number one and number one and a bona fide NHL star, which is weird because I don't think Portsline's really explained this at any point. Are the Blue Jackets afraid of having stars on the team? That's nothing that's ever struck me about this team that they're afraid of somebody being a star. It's a weird thing to write without a better explanation. I mean, I, I could I could see it, you know, oh no, we with only one year left on the deal, if he comes out and he's a star, and then he's like, I want Bobrovsky money or Carey Price money. Okay, that's fine. That I can understand the team having hesitancy about overpaying a goalie. But I don't get they're afraid of what Elvis unleashed might look like. Do they think he's gonna be doing like cocaine on the ice or something? I don't get it. There's nobody's ever alleged that Ellis Merslinga says cocaine. I just don't know what unleashed means. It's strange. I don't, without more context, it's just kind of this weird rumor milly sounding thing. And it's, it's strange to me. Now, if I was picking between the two goalies today, um, 
looking at Money Puck's numbers here, uh, they do a... Here, this is the numbers we... Okay, so between Elvis and Jonas, there's a statistic that is goal saved above expected. Um, and the idea is that, you know, if a shot, what you're trying to do is you're using the idea of, you know, we talk about expected goals for if a shot's got a 50% chance of going in based on shot location and, and all that stuff, then it's a 0.5 expected goals for. So you look at all the expected goals for over the course of a game. If it's three and the goaltender let in two, then the goaltender is plus one on expected goals uh, on goal saved uh, above expected. If four scored, then he's minus one on goal saved above expected. So you want to be positive. This year, Elvis Mers Lincolns is negative seven point five, and Jonas Corposalo is negative twelve point five. Lot not great. Last year, kind of similar. Elvis finished the year at negative two point two, Jonas at negative seven point three. So as much as Blue Jackets fans like to talk about how we're like, yeah, Jonas is great, you know, and, and Elvis is amazing, and we want both of them, you know, we the numbers don't always pan out that these guys are amazing. I think they're good. I think they're sufficient at stopping it. I think this year is a tough year to judge anything because the whole team seems to have been so bad. But if you're going to keep one of the two for quality of play, you got. I think it's got to be Elvis. That being said... If you're looking at what value can we get, if the team thinks that Daniil Tarasov is really going to be a, a guy who can be a goalie here in the next year or two, if they think he can be on NHL ice in 12 months, then I think you can get more for Elvis for two reasons. One, his numbers have looked better. And two, he is exempt from the expansion draft. So teams will not have to worry about protecting him. Three, I think some teams would fall in love with the whole idea of Elvis. I, I just the fun. I mean, that's the thing that that's the other thing that strikes me weird about Aaron Portsline's uh, Elvis Unleashed comment, because it's like, who doesn't want the fun goalie? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's weird. Anyway, thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, please like subscribe, whatever you do with the podcast or YouTube, or whatever you're doing with us. But thank you very much. Thanks for watching and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.